there, good day everyone, and welcome to another episode of Left After Breakfast, broadcast from 3CR, your only radio left. Susanna here with you, and I'll be joined by other members of my Left After Breakfast team as the program continues. Your favourites for a start. So, welcome to regular listeners and indeed to anyone who has just tuned in. Good on you. Uh, good morning, you're listening to 3CR, the only radio left. You are indeed listening to 3CR, and you just heard the voice of the bagman, and you'll hear more of his voice a little later on. Stay tuned for that. You know, listener, I had a really strange experience the other morning, I went into a supermarket. I haven't been into one for a long time. And I was greatly shocked when I went to take out my little basket, my pitifully small basket of supermarket goodies, and I couldn't see any checkout chicks in all the checkout aisles. So I looked around and there was another one, a big place that you could check out, but there was no staff in them. And I thought... Imagine a retailer who is asking you, you the customer, to do the work so that they, the retailer, can eliminate some jobs and then they tell you it's for your own convenience. Yeah, imagine that. Of course, I'd rather see workers and stores with self-checkouts. It's actually bad for the economy. No superannuation to pay, therefore this pool of money is not being invested into the good of the country. They pay no sick leave, no annual leave, no long service leave. This means less money to spend within a circular economy. Oh well, perhaps I'm the only person left in Australia who doesn't use the self-service checkouts. Oh, come on all you workers who toil night and day. By hand and by brain To earn your pay Who for centuries all past For no more than your bread Have bled for your countries And counted your dead We're the first ones to starve We're the first ones to die The first ones in line For that pie in the sky And we're always the last when the cream is shed out for the worker is working when the fat cat's about in the factories and mills shipyards and mines we've often been told to keep up with the times for our skills are not needed they've streamlined the job with slide rule and stopwatch our pride they have robbed we're the first ones to starve we're the first ones to die the first ones in line for that Pie in the sky and we're always the last When the cream is shed out For the worker is working when the fat cat's about And when the sky darkens and the prospect is war Who's given a gun and then pushed to the fore And expected to die 
For the land of our birth Though we've never owned one lousy handful of earth We're the first ones to starve We're the first ones to die The first ones in line for that pie in the sky And we're always the last When the cream is shed out For the worker is working When the fat cat's about And all of these things The worker has done From tilling the fields To carrying the gun We've been yoked to the plough Since time first began And always expected To carry the can We're the first ones to starve We're the first ones to die The first ones in line For that pie in the sky And we're always the last When the cream is shed out For the worker is working When the fat cat's about We're the first ones to starve We're the first ones to die The first ones in line For that pie in the sky And we're always the last When the cream is shed out For the worker is working When the fat Cats about. And on that note, it's time to hear from the BL from the bush. Over to you, BL. Yeah, g'day, comrade. Um, hey, listener. BL from the bush calling in. Hoping you're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And keeping yourselves nice and warm. Bit of a problem I think we're going to be facing shortly. Um... There's some uh, talk about and there's some legislation trying to get put through different parliaments and what have you about uh, demonstrations. Now, I can tell you that most of my working life I'd have been involved in a lot, quite a lot of uh, protests for whatever reason. And I'd reckon that Susanna and the bag man have also seen their fair share of them and you out there, the listener, I reckon, have been involved in them as well. Well... I don't know where this all this is coming from, but in Tasmania, in the last week or so, the Liberal government over there, by the way, too, listener, they've been trying to put through these uh, um, anti-protest legislation over there to start slowing people up and fining them. It's to do with the... It's called the Police Offences Amendment under the Workplace Protection Bill 2022. Now, if they get this passed, what it sort of means is that if they deem that you're in some way obstructed or any employees in the workplace or from doing their work or anything, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll come down on you. They'll slough you or they'll, um, they'll fine you. The, the thing in Tasmania is, uh, listener, is that well, WorkSafe, which is the controlling body over there for, for complaints and safety, is that they haven't received a single protest-related safety complaint at a work site in the past eight years. That's all work sites. That's, you know, that's logging, that's, uh, it's, you know, it could be half a dozen uh, chillers walking down, uh, down the street blowing about prices in a supermarket or something, or to get, to get access to uh, community health or anything like that. There's been none of that. But still, they're, uh, they're powering on down there in, uh, in Tewetta country, down there in Tassie, get this, this legislation up. And it's a trend, listener, and it's, a, and it's annoying, and, and it's, it's something to be very wary of, and it's alarming. It's a very alarming trend. 
it's just going to take away our rights to uh, to protest, which, as I said before, as most of my work and life I've been involved in, I'm sure that all you out there have too. You look at Tasmania now, just on, just on that, like Bob Brown and, and, and the, the efforts they went through to the Franklin Dam and, and to, to keep Tasmania as a beautiful place as it is, all that was done through just, just hard work, protest, and getting the community and everyone involved in that. And it worked. And look at the place. It's just absolute, it's, it's an absolute... Uh, dream over there so all this stuff you know it's it, these governments and whatever it's it just it, they're just breaking their backs to take away our rights you got these other clowns here these anti-vaxxers everyone that reckons that their rights were getting taken away they would they wouldn't know their right from their left but our right to protest and as i said we've done this over the years is is a very serious thing the the law you know, it's it's very disproportionate it's providing severe penalties that far exceed any other in Australian jurisdictions. And it sort of gives them, given the standover, given the coppers some, you know, arbitrary power, if even risks inadvertently criminalise homeless people due to the general obstruction offence. You know, some, some, you know, someone down on their luck is having a bit of a bit of a kip outside, a, outside of a supermarket or outside a lawyer's office or, you know, just trying to keep out of the cold or whatever, and all of a sudden they're obstructing, da-da-da, so they'll, they'll, they'll grab them and slough them. As I say, this is very concerning, listener, and it's and it's just not happening in Tassie. It's you know, like I remember, and I reckon a few of you listeners out there will too. Is it back in the eighties, eighty two up there in in Queensland when when that fascist Peterson was up there running around the place? The electricity workers went on a blue. They they stacked on a blue up there and withdrew their labour. It was called the Sequab dispute, which is South East Queensland Electricity Board, and they stuck on a blue. And there was protests, protests in the street. And then anyway, Peterson and, and his right-wing goose steppers up there put in all these r- rules and laws and stuff that virtually you had to have, you had to apply to a permit for two or more people to gather, gather anywhere. If there's two or three, you're having a chat in the corner, they come along and slay you up. And that was, that's the type of thing that went on up there in the 80s. So Queensland, uh, 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 you know, they've always had that sort of stuff hanging around. Well, they're having a bit of a go about it as well now trying to get some of this other stuff, this anti-protest laws happening up there again too. So this is the extent that these governments will go to to stop you and me or anyone else having a bit of a crack. Well, after you've tried your best to you form groups and you and you arbitrate or you, you, you sit down and you, and you put your views forward and just, you know, it's like talking to a brick wall. That's, that's if you even get someone to listen to you. Your next, uh, next step is to, to get out there and protest about it. So they're going to try and stop that. They're doing it in Tassie, they're having a crack at it in Tassie, as I say, and we'll say Queensland. Also, listener, they're all they're doing it here in Victoria. It's not not for us to be left out of anything. They're out there. They're trying to put it through uh, at the moment, and a lot of this is to do with the, the protests around Victor- Vic Forests, where you've had different protesters up there trying to stop the logging to to protect the wildlife these senseless cutting down of trees and Vic Forrests have, have, have just been sprung that many times and been beaten in that many court proceedings that it's not funny. Yeah, they even they, they put in some contractors out there and they clear felled all around water catchments. So when we had when we had a massive uh, floods there a few years ago, all the all the shit and dirt and everything went down into the catchment areas, into the into the drinking water. The Victorian government also were trying to um, get some sort of uh, legislation up to stop you and me and anyone else from protesting. And you know, like any of these laws, uh, listener, you've been around long enough as we have. 
as soon as they start doing this stuff, it's endless. It will just, it will go anywhere. It's got to be stopped before this even gets gets its head up. You'd think, I can remember, as I said before, years ago, listener, um, we'd be protesting all the time over, over whatever. Now, anything like this even look like uh, getting spoken about, we'd be on the streets and we'd be protesting it. So, you know, I'm very disappointed in the union movement as a whole not, not doing anything about this because this is what they need. This is what they need. They need boots on the street to protest against the anti-protest laws. As I say, listener, I'm pretty pretty concerned about this because we've all seen it before. We know what happens here. I mean, it's just not the Liberal governments; it's Labor as well. They're all having a bit of a go. They just want a free. They just want a free hand at everything. Well, there'll be a lot more, lot more on this, I would imagine, uh, listener. So just keep that in mind. Get your best boots out because we could be all getting back on the streets, which would be very good because it hasn't been a lot of that happening lately. Just. Um, just a bit of a reminder for what's going on out there, listener. I'll just sort of leave it there this week, just for something. But just before I go, um, I'd just like to, um, on a bit of a sad note here, we've we've lost another old builder's labourer, you know, comrade uh, Sal Maru. As I said, he was a builder's labourer back in the day. He was all, he was very active in the Builders Labourers Federation. Uh, he was on the um, executive and um, different committees and what have you, and. Uh, yeah, he uh, he passed away over the weekends. It's uh, another another good one uh, that's gone. The condolences to the family and all. Yeah, so it's getting less and less. But anyway, listener, um, I'll go out in the same old way. Uh, dare to struggle, dare to win. If you don't fight, you lose. Good morning from Left After Breakfast, the only show left. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, Melbourne's Voice of Dissent. 3CR Community Radio, 855 on the AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au or on 3CR Digital in Melbourne. And just some news from Round the Traps listeners. The first bit of news is about a dispute at a Melbourne building site which failed to provide separate toilet amenities for female construction workers. The High Court has denied an ABCC challenge to the Federal Court decision which exonerated CFMEU officials over a dispute at a Melbourne building site which failed to provide separate toilet amenities for female construction work. So the ABCC has flushed a ridiculous sum of cash down the toilet, defending the right of employers to save pennies by refusing to provide women's amenities. I mean, seriously, women have the right to work in the construction industry and they have absolutely the right to be treated decently. And fundamental to that right is the expectation that women will have safe and sanitary washing and toilet facilities. It's quite bizarre, really, that in the 21st century, the construction industry regulator would try to deny this right and deny it in the highest court in the land. But thankfully, the High Court has a greater sense of decency than the ABCC. In fact, it's just bloody shameful that the ABCC would go all the way to the High Court to try and defend unscrupulous bosses for providing even the simplest and most basic form of workplace dignity.
Well, I think we're going to see the end of the ABCC, aren't we, listener? Aren't we promised that, that this recidivist organisation is on its way out with a change of government? Thank heavens for that. And some more cheerful news. 20 former coalition MPs and senators, their 80 electorate officers and more than 400 ministerial advisers are working with headhunters, responding to well wishes and being weaned off the hardcore drugs of influence and prominence for a gentle rehabilitation into civilian life. Then there's Josh Frydenberg. Now, did you hear a rumour that he was approached by the AFL as a potential replacement for outgoing CEO Gillan McLaughlin? Did you hear that? I did. Well, that wasn't true. It was the other way around. It was Frydenberg who approached the AFL Commission, expressing his interest in being considered for the CEO position. His interest was received politely. Did the commissioners throw the well-advanced search process out the window and rush Josh into psychometric testing? No, of course not. But then again, AFL chairman Richard Gorder is also the chairman of Qantas. So was Australia's large JobKeeper recipient showing that he had no loyalty? Oh dear, I hope not. But anyway, I was talking about Frydenberg robbed of his dignity. With the taste of defeat still on his lips, Frydenberg wondered aloud on the telly news, maybe after tonight I get a bit more time to try and be the most extraordinary dad. Well, all he's been so far is an extraordinary moron. Poor Frydenberg, so willing to humiliate himself for a quick fix, a limelight junkie. I mean, what does Frydenberg do? Well, what he's always done. Everything that's always worked for him in public life. But the same shallow nonsense doesn't carry you through to the private sector. I wonder if it ever occurred to him that he possesses none of the skills required to run the AFL. It's an elaborate mission, the AFL. You've got to cajole warlords and orchestrate utterly seamless live and broadcast stadia events on a practically daily basis. It's a U2 world tour every year in five states simultaneously. It's a meticulous operation that necessitates an exceptionally high attention to detail. McLaughlin was at the AFL for 14 years before the commission made him CEO. The idea that some puffed-up politician can swan into AFL house and say, it's all good, I've got this. Well, that's perfectly laughable. Perfectly laughable. And some really, really terrific news. Census 2021 data. Australians are increasingly unlikely to worship a god and more likely to come from immigrant families. It shows that our nation, more than 25 million of us, shows that it's more diverse than ever. It also shows the country undergoing significant cultural changes. For the first time in any census, for the first time, fewer than half of Australians identified as Christian. Well, I reckon that's good news. And the number of Australians who said they had no religion rose to 38.9%. That's from 30.1% in 2016. 
and it also showed almost half of us had a parent born overseas. Well, there you go. Good news, as I said. So why did we have so many of these religious people in our government? I can't work that one out.
you're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet, www.3cr.org.au. my face, scatter my rights all over the place and take the bread from off my plate but you can't break me lock me out chain the gates, put black shirts in with dogs and mace I'll hold the line, won't step away cause you can't break me I belong, you belong we belong to the union don't count me out when I'm on the floor, we'll win again, we've won the streets will ring with a mighty roar Cause you can't break me Stocks rise up on workers' backs Profits soar while you hand out the sack Boardroom bullies bloated and fat But you can't break me Australia's sold to mates offshore Backroom deals and shonky law This day has come, we say no more You can't break me I belong, you belong, we belong to the Union. I belong, you belong, we belong to the Union. We won't turn away if you dare us to fight. I swear I'll never lay down and die. Strong women and men united as one Cause you can't break me There's a warning here to the men in grey The piper's come, it's time to pay We're taking back what you stole away Cause you can't break me I belong, you belong, we belong to the union I belong, you belong, we belong to the union Well, good morning, bad man, and how are you? Ah, oh, good morning, Susan. I'm as fit as a merry trout this morning. I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed as a monkey's tail. I've never seen a merry trout. Ah, well, there's always the first time for everything, Susan, and pretty soon you will catch up to a merry trout. Now, I've got to tell you, Susan, I have been up to the Brigadoon of the north, up to my holiday shack in the, the gold mining uh, central town of Tolbert. 
where I have a small shack, and on that shack is a bullshit veranda. Now, I've got the sign there that says bullshit veranda, and I can tell you the problems of the world are solved under that veranda when a few of my friends come around. There's nothing that escapes us. Mm. Mm. Well, it's certainly different. Well, I, I hope that it is, Susan. Uh, you've never been to the uh, central gold mining town of Talbot where you trip over the in the main street, you trip over the gold nuggets. No, I haven't. I haven't, Bagman. Uh, well, the invite is always there, Susan, when you want to come up. Now, I want to deal with a couple of serious things, but then I want to it's, – it's too nice a place in Australia at the moment. There's no shouting at us. There's no lying to us. There's no bullshitting to us. And it seems like there's a, a kind of hush all over the world tonight. Um, well, it, it seems that way, Susan. But I want to talk about a couple of things seriously. Now, the Transport Workers Union, and we won't go into the Transport Workers Union port, uh, which used to be sold uh, off the licensed premises. Now, Very good port it was. <laughs> yeah, very good. It made you curl your toes up. It made, it made, you, it made your toes warm. Remember those fantastic raffles I used to run? First prize, a bottle of Transport Workers Union Port. Second prize, two bottles of Transport Workers Union Port. (laughs) Well, uh, uh, people should know, Susan, that you used to run the meat raffle at the John Curtin Hotel every Friday night to raise money for, I don't know what cause, but it always seemed to me that you always won the raffle. Uh, I've never seen anybody else win the raffle at any time. That was a pretty smart move by you. I'm very lucky. Uh, anyway, the Transport Workers Union have done a deal with Uber. In case you don't know, Uber is one of those platforms that delivers your meals to you. I think there's a couple of others. There's DoorDash and something else and whatever. But when the restaurant industry is crying so poor, they they are destitute, not only for employees, but also money to keep their business going. Uber, if you're too fat and lazy uh, that you can't get off your ass to go to your local restaurant, your local takeaway shop or whatever, you can always get the uh, Uber to deliver it to you. If the meal you order is $30. That's all you pay to have it delivered to your house. But the point is that Uber deducts 35% of that money from the restaurateur to have it delivered to your house. Now, we're talking about an industry that's down on its knees, supposedly, and they allow this uh, this company Uber to charge you thirty five percent to to deliver it to your door. Really? Yep. I've never used them, Susan. I don't ever intend to use them either. There might there might be a time when I can't get off my lazy fat ass and uh, walk up to the local restaurant takeaway shop or whatever. Uh, that I may have to do that. They bring things from your bottle shop too. Oh yes, they do, and they can they can deliver things to you, to your door 
and it can be picked up by a person who is underage, who has ordered it. Anyway, that's another that's another story for another time, Susan. Let's get on to something serious. Putin must be held accountable for his war crimes. According to America and according to the UK, he must be held accountable for his war crimes. While they, both America and the UK, imprison a journalist for trying to hold it accountable for its war crimes. Can you believe that? Well, I can believe it, yes. You know, you can believe it because it's uh, it's actually happening, uh, Susan. Excuse me, I'm, 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 I'm having trouble getting onto my computer here. We all know, and you know, that war is a filthy business. It's based on lies and it's based on propaganda. We've seen this week in Ukraine, in a place called Kremenchuk, a supermarket was bombed by Russian troops. Western nations are now calling for the Russians to be charged with war crime. I can remember back in the days, 2001, uh, 2001, when Allied forces invaded Afghanistan and in 2003 invaded Iraq. And I reckon more than one hospital, crash, old people's home or kindergartens were the victims of Allied bombings and thousands of innocent lives. They even, they may have even bombed a supermarket. Who knows? The baby food factory was bombed. Is that right? Oh, I, uh, Susan, I can't recall a woman, a Muslim woman, holding an injured baby, pleading with the rest of the world to come to her aid and her children's aid, calling for other countries to send more bombs, tanks or rockets as victims of allied atrocities as we see on our television news today. I've got to be careful what I say here, and I'm not an ally of Vladimir Putin, but war owes nothing to the victims but the truth. If only we could have seen victims of allied invasions treated with the same compassion we now afford to Ukraine's victims. The media has a responsibility to report fairly and impartially. Maybe then we would think about the futility of war and the innocent lives on both sides, but we didn't. One thing to remember here is that the Russians, not the Western nations, are doing the invading here. Not one call from the media or our own government for war crimes to be instigated in such places as Iraq and Afghanistan. Why may you ask? Yeah, you're quite entitled to ask. Because in those days, Muslims were seen as terrorists not worthy of any consideration at all, hence the invasion of their countries. I spent two separate campaigns reporting on the wars in Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia and Kosovo. I saw the mass graves of thousands of young men due to ethnic cleansing. 
the children shot dead at school and the devastation that war brings, and I understand more than most the horrors of war. Now, I just wish, it is my wish, Susan, that we could see a bit of compassion, a bit of proper reporting of what happens, what is happening in Ukraine. And as I said, war is filthy and it's based on lies and propaganda. <sighs> I had um, a message from a Paul Duncan um, who used to work for the uh, ASU, I think, the Australian Services Union, and he had some sage advice to give to me, Susan, but I can't find it at the moment because we've got grandkids and whatever, school holidays, and they're rushing through the uh, lounge room as we speak. Do you remember him? One of the original BLs. Because I remember Paul Duncan. And he's serious about it, and you take into account what's happening in America at the moment with Roe versus Way and whatever. He says, I think that this says it all. America, the next time that the national anthem is played, every woman should take a knee. It worked in the Black Lives Matter um, circumstances, Susan, and maybe it will work this time. Yes, well, uh, women are not seen in a very good light in America at the moment. That's a Pentecostal uh, attitude of Americans at the moment. It's re it, America is run by the religious nut jobs. Yeah. Now, I, I, I've got to mention, Susan, that there's been, I got a message from Alex Hutchinson. Now, you would know Alex Hutchinson. He used to be the secretary of the Musicians Union when it was a good when it was a good union. Of course I do. Hi, All Alex. Right, Hi. He, and he listens to this program every week. But Alex has uh, chucked into our Radiothon a generous amount once again, as he normally does. Uh, so thank you, Alex, for that uh, generous donation. It will get us closer to our target. Thanks very much, Alex. And I hope your phone's working well now. Anyway. No, he had trouble with his phone. Did he? Yeah, oh, and, right. and couldn't right. get on to anyone to have it fixed. He, he, he couldn't open it. And you oh, know right. that feeling when you can't open your bloody phone, you haven't got the right pin, and when you get a new pin, it doesn't work, and you want to throw the phone at the wall, but it costs a couple of thousand dollars. <laughs> you know. uh, I think I think a phone, a mobile phone especially, is a weapon of mass destruction i would not have one if i had a choice well i need my iphone well i suppose we're all caught up in the wonders of modern technology not very modern modern what how long have mobile phones been in susan i think i remember having one in 1990 when I was working at the Transport Workers' Union and it was like a, a four bricks stuck together. It was like a radio, like like a war radio. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I shouldn't yeah. say war radio. I'm not giving advertisements to any other radio channel. No, but it was a great big thing. You're right, it was like a couple of bricks. Yes, it was, and it weighed a couple of, uh, couple of kilos that you had to carry around. 
But it anyway, was still so mobile. It was still mobile. I was still mobile, but why would you have one? Um, now, I've been watching television today while well, I've been waiting for your call, and I've seen an advertisement on the mainstream media, on the main channel, for a hairy pill. Have you ever heard of a hairy pill? Well, it sounds pretty hairy. What, what do you mean, <laughs> Magman? Well, there was an advert that said there was a way to cure baldness. Yes. Now, it, there must be a certain amount of truth to it because it's on mainstream television. Oh, yeah. All you, all you had to do was ring this number, speak to the doctor at the end, at, at the other end of the telephone, and they would send you a prescription for the hairy pill. Now, and- it would only... <laughs> <laughs> now, true. Um, Susan, I am not joking. Um, and they would send you a prescription for the hairy pill, and it would only cost you $75 for three months of the hairy pill. Cheap. <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed to grow hair on a bowling ball. No, they didn't go that far, so I've got to be very careful because it is a, a medical company and uh, I could be in trouble. But uh, when I looked at, I Googled the hairy pill and I see how much it costs and how you go about getting it. And the more common side effects that, it, that can occur with the hairy pill included uh, decreased sex drive, now, this one you will get, trouble getting or keeping an erection, ejaculation disorder, increase in breast size and tenderness, and skin rash. Now, wouldn't that have you running out to buy the hairy pill from your local chemist shop? Well, I don't want my <laughs> bowling ball to be hairy. You wouldn't be able to use it properly down the bowling alley. Well... <laughs> Yeah, but it sorry. sounds like hormones. Well, it sounds like bullshit to me, but I say nothing further. You know, the, I had, when I was growing up, I had blue hair. Oh, yes, blue. Yeah, it, yeah, it blew away. Right. I thought that <laughs> baldness in men was seen as a sign of virility. Oh, yes, it could be too. And, uh, well, I won't go into uh, my no. virility. At the no, don't, don't, please, no. bag man. <laughs> hey, uh, we were thinking the other day when we sat under the bullshit veranda, when we came up with all the problems uh, facing the world at the moment, and we come up with stop the lie. Business owners aren't having a problem finding people to work. They're having trouble finding people to work for low wages. Now, there is a difference. Now, I reckon, yeah, I reckon, and we reckoned under the bullshit veranda that we should pay every lower-paid person uh, wage that they can live on. That would do no harm to the economy. People would get an increase in wages. They would spend it because poor people don't save, um, and they would pay it in taxes, and the the circle goes around and around and around. Of course it would. That's basic economics. That's right. Why not? 
pay every lower paid worker a decent living wage. Tell that to an employer. Tell that to a coffee shop owner. Tell that to uh, someone who grows fruit. Tell that to a supermarket manager. No, but all those... All those people that have been picking lettuces, because lettuces are $12 a lettuce these days, they must be eating fantastic wages, aren't they? Because that's the only reason why lettuces would cost you $12 each. Well, I had a terrible shock the other day at the Queen Victoria market bag, man. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't looking for a lettuce. I, I keep my addictive problems off air. I saw a beautiful piece of lamb, a bit of lamb for a quarter, only small, enough for two people. Mm. And, it, and it looked, I could see it was really, really good lamb. Mm. So I said, how much is that? $54. For, for a half a leg of lamb? Yeah, well, half a four quarter. Oh, well. The, the front leg, not the back leg. <laughs> well, there, there must be someone making money, Susan, you know, because I always stick by the adage that when I was young, I was extremely poor. However, after many years of hard work, I am no longer young. Well, it worked. Well, <laughs> something worked anyway, Bagman. Mm-hmm. But fortunately for me, I hardly eat any meat, mainly because I can't afford it. Any any money that I have for meat goes towards my gas bill. Your gas bill, that's right, yes. Because once I pay something on that damn gas bill, I'll be able to turn it on. Oh, right, okay. Oh, well, yeah, anyway. Hey, the good news is, Susan, that uh, since the election of Anthony Albanese. Apparently, Albo has just announced he will have a royal commission into the Lib's despicable robo-death scandal. Remember that, where young people were penalised via a computer? A computer examination which was mostly young and which drove some poor souls to, to suicide. And guess who introduced the robots came to the Australian public. It was that bloke that wants the hairy pill. No, it was a bloke called Scott Morrison. And ah. You, you, you've got to understand, Susan, he may yet prove to be the most corrupt. However, I think it's reasonable to say he was the worst Prime Minister since World War Two, maybe even... Since Federation, time will tell. One thing is certain, he was the nastiest and by far the most unpleasant, sanctimonious, maybe even the cruelest bird to ever inhibit the highest office in Australia. Well, he's certainly worse than Billy Hughes, and it takes a lot to beat Billy Hughes. Well, he's probably worse and dumber than uh, that other Billy, Billy McMahon. Oh, he was just a poor fool. He was, and the other one died on the job. But I think he was, uh, <laughs> he, he was only the opposite, opposition leader. Don't make me laugh. That was one uh, Billy that wasn't taking the hairy pill. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you that I was listening to last week's program and I love the music that you played. 
And I'm going to ask you, even beg you, uh, that this time during my segment on your very popular radio program that you play some more working class music. I really, really enjoyed it, Susan. I played that music for the BL from the bush. I dedicated it That's to right. him, Bagman. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the old CFMU song. I'm not too sure of the time, Susan. And once again, the Coburg clock is not in view, but the Collingwood clock may be. Yes, I can see the Collingwood clock from here. I really can. I suppose you want to know what time it is then. Well, if you could see your way clear. About time for you to say it's about time. Ah, it's about time, Susan. Uh, let's go out in the same old way. And why not? Dare to struggle. Dare to win. If you don't fight, you You lose. lose. And good morning from Left After Breakfast. OK, Bagman, you wanted a song? A song for you? I'll play you one. Now, this should get you up and running up and down the lounge room and chasing those grandchildren. Toil night and day By hand and by brain To earn your pay For centuries long past For no more than your bread Have bled for your countries And counted your dead In the factories and mills In the shipyards and mines We've often been told To keep up with the times For our skills are not needed They've streamlined the job And with slide rule and stopwatch Our blind day of raw die But when the sky darkens And the prospect is war Who's given a gun and then pushed to the fore And expected to die For the land of our birth Though we've never owned one handful of earth To stand. We're the first ones to die We're the first ones in line For that pie in the sky And we're always the last When the cream is shared out For the worker is working When the fat cat's about die And all of these things The worker has done From tilling the fields to carry in the gun We've been yoked to the plough Since time first began I always expected To carry the can
Thanks again for tuning in to Left After Breakfast here on 3CR. As we keep telling you, 3CR, your only radio left. It was good to have you along again for our episode. And I look forward to you coming again next week. So thanks again for all those listeners and the Radiothon donations and pledges you've made. Good on you all for that. We all look forward to having you with us again. Same time, same place, next week. Until then, cheerio. (laughs) 